This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Getting up, getting out or only just getting home? It's Joy Weekend Breakfast. We are delighted to uh, introduce our guest this morning, the the wonderful, uh, successfully um, podcasted at the Guilty Feminist. We've got Deborah Francis White. Good morning to Joy, Deborah. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. My first job was at the uh, Corumban uh, Bird and Animal Sanctuary um, on the Gold Coast serving ice cream, just so you know. <laughs> Deborah, that's so great. We, we said we have to ask Deborah what her first job was, and we said, will we ask her first or ask her later? And we, we never made the decision, so you made it for us. How was your yeah, first couldn't... job then? Was it good? Uh, well, uh, I remember uh, those. It was. Do you, do you know the Crumbin Sanctuary where all the Rosella birds come down? I know That's it. I've never been there, there, but I do know of it. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm outraged. It's a. <laughs> it's, a it's an Australian icon. That place. Uh, there's all these Rosella birds, and they all fly over to get the kind of. It's like bread and honey or some kind of mix. Uh-huh. Um, and I used to serve ice cream. And I remember once on the open day. There's one day a year. It's the coldest day of the year traditionally. They open the whole sanctuary and make it free for everybody. And I served so much ice cream in the cold, uh, I got frozen arm. Oh, I was a teenager. I was only like, I was, nightmare. I was too young to be working, really. I was only like 13 or 14. But, you know, in those days, children, uh, things were different. There were, there were no laws protecting children. I was lucky not to be up a chimney or down a mine. <laughs> it was only a Saturday job. It was a Saturday job. I used to get $30. I remember $30 a day. Uh, Did for, you get it in cash? That's, that's a lot for a teenager. Yeah, well, I used to spend it all on uh, on uh, clothes and sweets, I'm sure. But uh, it it didn't massively speak to my comedy feminist future. <laughs> uh, I'd like to tell you that uh, that I I was uh, I was working as a campaigner activist slash uh, working in comedy clubs when I was 13, like May Martin. <laughs> however, however. Nothing, nothing like that at that point. Um, but uh, all different now. And uh, I, I have woken up this morning, Paul and Jono, to the news of Roe versus Wade being overturned in America. Yes, I we're know. reading it as so in, in between songs and stuff. So uh, quite shocking. Yeah. But did you see that the Supreme Court has said um, that the next thing they're going to go for is uh, birth control and equal marriage? Yes. I yes. mean. It's unbelievable. It's it's turning into Gilead. Yeah, I mean we're just so fortunate that we are here and uh, and not there. But it's it is terrifying to look at it because you know America is America and it's such a big, powerful yeah. force. You know? Well, it's also the cultural thermometer of the world, and, and you know it does have international sway. Justice Clarence Thomas writes that the Supreme Court should reconsider the rulings that currently protect the right to buy and use contraceptives without government restriction and also the ruling legalising gay marriage. Yeah, Jeez. In this day and age, it's you just have- shocking you think that this is being turned back so far and so quickly in such a relatively short piece, place of time. It, it, it's a shocker. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, I, I don't really understand how their system works because, you know, there's a Democrat in the... In, in the White House. I mean, if Trump were in the White House, you'd just be like, oh, my God. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to go there. But you, you have to hope that with Biden in the White House, there will be some kind of pushback. But it feels like I just feel so sorry for Gloria Steinem. You just think when she was young, how hard she worked 
for yeah. abortion rights. And she's 87. And can you imagine at the end of your life thinking, I don't know how much more mm. life or fight is in me. You just think, how could you, how your whole life's work and then, you know, being more towards the end of your life and then thinking, you know, am I going to see this overturned and then not see it again? It's It's just... It's, I mean, of course it will push back the other way, but you don't know how long or how dark the days will be. Exactly. you just got to hope that the Biden administration are, are finding those legal ways to actually intervene and, and try and stop this from, uh, from happening. But you're right, it's going to take a little bit of time and it's going to cost some lives. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Deborah, let's, let's talk about you. You've got the Guilty Feminist live tour happening here in Australia. Um, how great is it to be back here and, and pulling this, uh, this tour together? It's absolutely incredible. I, I've built this show as much in Australia as in Britain, really. So um, it's a, if people don't know it, it's a podcast about our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our, hypocrisy, our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine those goals. And we always start with I'm a feminist, but. So, you know, I'm a feminist, but one time I went on a women's rights march popped into a department store to use the loo, got distracted <laughs> trying out face cream. When I came out, the march was gone. Uh, true story. Uh, another one, I'm a feminist, but uh, I once got on a light aircraft from Cape Cod to Boston, and uh, the pilot asked me my weight in front of everyone so he could determine how much fuel to put in the plane <laughs> to safely make it across. And I panicked and lied by 20 pounds, endangering my life, that of the other passengers and a border collie that was along for the ride. And as we were over the water, they, you know those little planes, there was only like six people on it. Um, yeah. they, it start, they start to get shaky, and it got shaky over the water. And I whispered to my, I was, I was staying in P-Town with one of my best gay friends, David. Um, uh, I don't know if you know Provincetown, it's the, it's the gayest town in the whole of America. Um, I whispered to David as the plane got shaky, and I went, David. David, I've lied about my weight. We're going to go down. And he went, don't worry, darling. They put on 10 pounds, women and gay men. <laughs> and, uh, Fantastic. I, uh, spoiler alert, gang, I made it. Oh, I landed. Phew. Um, I'm alive. I'm alive. Now, Deborah, uh, you're... But yeah, uh, uh, it, it, the, the, so the show's a, it's a combination of comedy, one-liners, stand-up comedy, but also deep dive chat with local feminists. So wherever we are, we talk to local activists, um, about what they're doing, uh, local artists, local creators, how they're changing their patch of the world. And also I'm bringing over this incredible uh, protest singer. She's so fun. She's so funny. She's so talented. She's brilliant. Her name's Grace Petrie, and she's flying over from the UK for the tour. So we're going to be in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Canberra, Brisbane, and Perth uh, throughout July and bringing the joy. And uh, we'd love everyone to come out and refuel for the resistance. Now, we, we cannot wait. As you said, it's, it's touring nationally. You obviously work all over the place, but... Uh, you have said in your own words that you can't wait to be back down under here because audiences in Australia know how to bring a rock concert to a feminist podcast return, um, recording. What is different about Australian audiences as, as opposed to other audiences that you do this stuff for? Well, partly when I come out on stage, they cheer for ages. And I think a lot of what they're cheering for is the 24-hour flight. <laughs> um, they're like you made it you came we know the jet lag we know we know we know how long it is in the air um so i think a lot of it is is everyone's so thrilled you've come and you know i've come out because i was raised in australia i've come out i brought this show out started at the end of 2015 um december 2015 so it really just took off in 2016 
And the first time I came out here was 2016. We just did one show in Melbourne and it completely sold out. Um, and then I've come out every year since. Mostly I've done uh, a tour and started going to New Zealand as well. Um, and we came out in February 2020. Naive we were. We knew nothing <laughs> of the COVID. Yes, yes. Uh, we did... Uh, lots of dates in Australia and New Zealand, and I landed back on the 1st of March 2020, and it all went into a crazy lockdown. So uh, I was about to come back out because the last tour was so successful, and uh, I got invited back to do some TV here and in New Zealand and all sorts. And so I was so excited to come out a second time in 2020, and little did I know that I wasn't going to be able to go, come back for two and a half years. So we've, we've scheduled this tour a couple of times. It's been put off. Um, so finally, finally able to come back out. And I just love the enthusiasm of the Australian audiences, the joy, the, the, I don't know, the engagement. There's a really high level of engagement. And there's something about the Guilty Feminist audiences wherever we go that there is a, there is a you know, it's not just a passive, I'm going to go and watch a comedian and be made to laugh. It's not a consumerist show. It's, an, it's a show of engagement where you're coming to be refueled for the resistance. You're coming to, to learn something, to bring something, to be with your people. I think it's something, it's really about being with your army, being with your community. Mm. So, Deborah, um, I was going to ask you, in, in Australia, you, you, you've obviously got a very special audience over here compared to some of the other audiences you've had, but your topics on each show are very diverse. I mean, it could be hair removal, it could be stereotypes. What is, what is the th one or two things you think you're going to be discussing in the shows you've got coming up? Oh, um, is I that a spoiler think, alert? Am I allowed know, to ask In that? the early days, we did tend to do like, Here's a topic, how we feel about our bodies. Here's a topic, you know, how, how we, you know, apologizing, that kind of thing. And now I think we tend to theme them more around, you know, like if we have like an incredible indigenous artist who's doing a program uh, where they're mentoring other indigenous artists and getting funding to uh, bring indigenous artists work out of the margins and into the mainstream. So we might do something like that. Or we might do something. So I'm tending to, to really, uh, look at what kind of work. So somebody I know in Perth, they're doing, um, they're looking at women in science, women in STEM and how we can get more women into science, but also keep more women in science and promote more women in science and what the ramifications are, are for science. Uh, for having a more diverse, eclectic group of people. Uh, and, and, of course, also we'll be looking at intersections. We've, our show's become so much more intersectional over the years, intersections then of, you know, it, it's not that women are one monolithic group. You know, you might find areas in which you get lots of powerful white women who went to the right schools. Uh, but then that's about their proximity to whiteness and uh, class and money. Uh, so it's not necessarily about their gender so much. So we will look at intersections of race and, uh, you know, queerness, um, um, gender expression, disability, uh, et cetera, neurodivergence, that kind of thing. So we're, we're looking at other ways in which uh, women, certain women, are kept out or brought in. To be honest, you guys, I started this podcast to wallow in my own oppression. What I've learned about more than anything <laughs> is my own privilege. <laughs> that, that's that's an interesting annoying. insight, you yeah. Know, like every time you look at it, you go, oh, no. Self-reflection um, on every bloody it, show. 
Yeah, um, yeah. It, but, but to be honest, privilege is a good thing if you use it well. It depends. What are you doing with it? Are you getting stuff out of the way only for yourself and people like you? Or are you creating access for people who wouldn't otherwise be able to get it? Deborah, that sounds like a great place to, to leave it. We're running out of time. Um, the Guilty Feminist live podcast tour is here all over Australia. Dates across the whole of July from Adelaide, Perth, Canberra, Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. Deborah, thank you ever so much for joining us here on Joy Breakfast this morning. It was, as you said, a joy. <laughs> Your name was a promise that fully delivered, lads. <laughs> Thanks a lot and good luck with the tour. Thank you. Ciao, Everyone ciao. come out. It's going to be joyful. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.